Hello and welcome to the Root Simple Podcast. We're the audio companion to the Root Simple blog, where we cover gardening, home economics, and DIY living. This show is hosted by myself, Eric Knudsen, and... And me, Kelly. Coyne. Hello. Uh, We are the authors of The Urban Homestead and Making It, Radical Home Act for a Post-Consumer World. Well, that's appropriate. The cats in the, the background cat, the just... The cat just pushed a book off the top of the bookshelf. <laughs> that's appropriate because our topic this week is the sounds of the homestead. Uh, since podcasting is all about audio, I thought it was about time that we listen to what goes on around the house. Was it an interesting book that the cat just knocked off? The... I'm not sure what the title of the volume is, and I can't see it because I'm sort of constrained here in my recording chair. One of those books that we'd like people to think that we're reading or one that we're actually reading? (laughs) Maybe somewhere in between. Trout was doing a classic gravity test where he slowly nudges something off of a high precipice and then watches it fall and then jumps down to see what happened to it. So he's, he's over there behind you checking out what happened to that book. Yeah, I don't understand the purpose of that. Gravity, gravity testing. Gravity testing. Yeah. Well, speaking of animals, I thought we'd start with the animals around here. The first of which is wait a the, minute. What are we doing? Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the sounds of the homestead here. Well, all I know is that you've been rec- running around with your recording equipment all week long, but I don't really understand what we're doing. Well, we're we're just talking about. Yes, we're gonna. I'm gonna play those sounds, and then we're going to commentate upon. We're gonna them, commentate see, upon them. The idea. Do I have to like guess what they are? I guess that's probably not that hard. Yeah, it's not, not that hard. <laughs> okay, we're going to commentate. Well, yeah, first we're going to start with the chickens. That's the sound of the begging chicken. That's the sound of chickens. Our chickens, this, this batch of chickens is actually pretty quiet, I've noticed. They don't make a lot of sound. No, they are quiet, but it... We should say hens only. Hens only. Of course. But they are... Um, whenever you walk out the door, when I, when I say you, I mean you or I, you know, whenever one, somebody walks out the door and they see the potential for treats, that's the noise they make. That's their... I'm here, I'm over here, give me some scratch. Or straw or something. But I think it's proof that chickens are entirely, at least hens, are entirely appropriate in urban areas. They're much quieter than dogs, actually. Yeah, that's about the only... that there, There's that noise and there's what we call the post-ovulation Which, cackle. If there is purpose in this universe is actually going on right now. Yeah, kind of late. In the background. Late in the day for that. It's uh, one thirty-seven when we're recording this. It's uh, usually in the more afternoon. like around between 9 and 11, I think that comes that that usually happens then, but that um they're, yeah, they're doing it now. I don't think it'll pick up on the mics. I actually have a recording of that too, which is I think sometimes called post of a posting cackling, something like that. It's not ovulation, I guess. No. No. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> oh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. But, that's my cackle. You know, I used to have a recording of our last batch of chickens, our first batch of chickens making that sound, but I lost it. So I had to take this from a sound effects website, but it, it, you, you, it's exactly what, we're, what, what we were just hearing in the background. You probably can't hear on this recording, but anyway, here it goes. Uh, 
Oh, that's funny. It's going on in stereo outside right now. Hear it in two places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways. That's, that's what's going on here in the house. <laughs> that's the loudest that hens are ever, you know. And I, I guess, you know, occasionally they would, especially that first batch of chickens would do it at, you know, six in the morning. Yeah, they were enthusiastic and for special ladies. We've always had four chickens at a time. Mm. And uh, four of them doing that all at once can be a little noisy. However, again, it's mostly, it seems like they mostly do that later between maybe 10 and noon. I've noticed that and people I've talked to say that that usually happens around that time too. After Usually, generally after people go to work. You know, which seems to work pretty well in the urban-suburban environment. But it's one of the sillier parts of the urban chicken debate is the the noise thing. Because, you know, obviously roosters, not appropriate in urban areas for the most part. But hens, you know, really not a problem. I wish that I had a recording of our late Doberman barking. <laughs> because that would shake the entire house. But I, I don't. <laughs> Make the windows rattle. I don't have a recording of that, unfortunately. Yeah, so these guys, the only noise they make is um, begging noises if they see us, and this uh, uh, particular, which seems to happen around laying, although I guess chicken science doesn't quite understand why it happens. I've heard varying theories It doesn't about make it. a lot of sense that they should make a ruckus the minute they lay an egg, which just would call in predators. But, you know, they've been... As a as a species, they've been deeply uh, changed by us, so they might have lost all common sense they uh, might have once had. Moving on, let's hear this other sound from the backyard. are bees that's a bees and it sounds like general bee business like general coming and going out of the hive well actually it was a really warm afternoon and i stuck the microphone right next to the entrance and there were a bunch of bees fanning the entrance they're oh making that kind of hum yeah that or that well part of that that like papery noise yeah is a bunch of them fanning because that's the way they cool down the hive like a bunch of like a computer fan, one might liken it to that. And then the ones you hear buzzing past are, it was uh, the time of day when they do orientation flights. So it's the new bees going out to check out their surroundings. And that's what you were hearing, the ones popping by. Coming and going. Coming and going. It was a pretty busy moment. And uh, when you you stick a microphone next to it, it's really loud. It's really pretty amazing because there's, you know, many thousands of insects in there. Of course, from a distance, you don't, you know, human yeah, hearing, you don't really, you don't really hear it. No, you have to be within, I don't know, 10, 15 feet of the hive, you know, before you can hear the hum. So that, that it's not, of course, bee noise would not bother neighbors. Right. And most people, you can't even, you know, you can't see them actually from a distance. It's no, hard once to they, tell. Once they, yeah. Uh, once they get airborne, you know, out of the hive, they just sort of seem to. If you can watch them, you can you can sit 
outside and watch them leave the hive and zip towards the sky and they just sort of vanish. You see them for a while against the sky and then poof, they're gone. I've had these calls occasionally where I have to go find a hive in a house when someone thinks there's bees there, but they're not sure where they are. And it's never been, I've never found them with sound. It's always been either smell because there's a very distinctive smell to a hive. I've caught one that way one time walking around. I caught a whiff of it and then realized, oh, they're behind a hedge and a wall. And then the other thing, the other clue that I've discovered is finding dead bees on the ground is often a clue that there's a hive nearby. Like I was at the um, somewhat infamous Doheny Mansion in Beverly Hills this weekend teaching a class. It was the it has the uh, distinction of being the most expensive house in America in the 1920s, giant mansion. It's owned by the civil city of Beverly Hills in a park. And one of the people in the class... And it's was, haunted. It's haunted, yes. There was murder-suicide, teapot dome scandal. You can look it up on the interwebs, but interesting place. And one of the people in the class also keeps bees. And, and she and I noticed a couple of drones on the ground. And it was obvious to us there must be a hive in the building somewhere and sure enough i asked one of the guards later and indeed there's one in the slate the very expensive slate roof has a hive that's been there for probably decades Hmm. but sound i've never again they're pretty quiet from a distance and up close though quite quite the sound and if you actually keep bees that sound is a clue that they're happy too you know you can tell bees are happy bees there's a certain dissonant hum that mm. happens when they're not happy. If yeah. you drop something. <laughs> you mean like, like when you're fooling around with their boxes and right. something clatters you, and you then everybody gets something. mad. Yeah, there's definitely or a different if, sound. Or maybe a raccoon or something's been bothering them. But that sound, which I actually, I don't know if I did the best job capturing it, but um, that is the everything's okay kind of sound. It's a just kind of resonant hum. That exists with individual bees, too. You get to know um, when you're out, say, working in the yard and uh, a, a forager bee is working around you, there's a busy forager noise, um, which is very distinct from the noise of a guard bee. Uh, That's and, pinging your bee veil, right? <laughs> no, but like say, not if you're not if you're um, tending the bees, because of course the guards come out for that, but... Like say you're just you're just working in the yard, you're doing some weeding or something, and a bee is flying around your head. There's a difference between the sound of a a worker bee who's just on business and a guard bee who's threatening you. And people should learn the difference between those noises, because uh, people, you know, often will will run away from a bee and be like, "Oh, it's a bee! It's a bee! This bee's going around my head! Oh my God, it's going to save me!" You know, and it may just be working and not paying any attention whatsoever to you. And those bees, it's the it's a very it's just a matter of degree. It's very similar to the ha- happy noise of the hive versus the unhappy noise of the hive. There's the happy um, sound of the foraging bee, and then there's the aggressive whine of a guard bee who is trying to drive you out of his territory. And then or there's her the, territory, the sound of a bunch of bees all on like a avocado tree in bloom, which is a really lovely sound. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's amazing when, when there's a whole tree full of bees. Humming. Oh. Shall we move on to our next sound? Oh, okay. (laughs) 
what your cat this is, Kelly? <laughs> That's Mr. Buck. That's right. <laughs> He's our master purr. That's the very pleasant purr. <laughs> now I have another sound for you here. Can you tell the difference? Yeah, that's trout. It's funny. In, for some reason, on tape, it doesn't sound it doesn't as, sound quite as different as different it? as it is in real life. And right. I, maybe that has to do with behavior as well. The did I say tape? How old am I? Yeah, you're well. I still say books on tape sometimes. That's embarrassing. Yeah, no more tape. There's no more tape. Um, but yeah, the so we have these two cats. They look a lot alike. One has a really pleasant purr. One of them has a really obnoxious purr. Well, we have three cats, actually. Yes, but we have two cats that purr actively. Phoebe, the girl, the odd one out, the one with the heart problem, she, um, she actually does purr rarely, but when she purrs, it's subsonic. It, it, usually only in my presence, too. Yes, because she likes you best. <laughs> but she, um, when she purrs, it's the kind of thing that you can feel it in the furniture, but you can't hear it with your ears. It's kind of amazing. She's a very small black cat, and that she can create such a resonant, deep uh, vibration is amazing. Um, but you really can't hear it with your ears. Uh, and, and, it, and it happens like once in a blue moon. Uh, always in Eric's presence, as he says. Then the, there's the boys... Well, the, the specifically the second purr. Let's hear that one again. This is this is Trout trying to wake me up in the morning. This is why so Trout really only purrs when he's overexcited um, or in pesky mode, and he's he has the bad habit of coming into our room at five in the morning and harassing us with this overexcited purr this and one. some drool. And stepping on our faces, you know, trying to get us up. Usually, that just gets him ejected from the from the bed. But it's um, it's not uh, it's it's not a soothing purr. It's not the kind of purr that you it's, like it's to hear. It's kind of annoying. It's too it's kind of too fast, I think. And um, and I think it doesn't have like a bottom like a bottom range as much like as the other cat. I this think one. I think Bucks has a deeper like underlying bottom. I'm not a musical. I don't know, more bass. More bass. More bass. More bass. And I think that makes it more soothing and it's slower. And there's nothing more annoying than poor Trout's purr. He, even when he's relaxed, he doesn't purr nicely. He never, it's like his purr box is broken and it just makes this obnoxious, fast, rasping noise. Poor Trout. And then I have to throw him out of the bedroom. <laughs> Whereas Buck has got such a wonderful purr. Buck's, <laughs> Buck is a, is like the most affectionate, loving cat. He's shy, so unfortunately visitors never know this. But to Eric and I, he's just amazing. So he, like, if he, he's always in the mood for a cuddle session, and he's always ready to purr. And so, and he he, he occupies our bed for most of the day. So if we walk through the bedroom, you go in there to get something. He's on the bed, and the minute he sees you, he starts to purr, and it's like a siren song. It's like, come over here, come over here, pet me, pet me, pet me, and he's just purring, purring, and, and you fall for it, and you sit down on the bed, and, and, you, and you pet him, and the minute you touch him, the, the purr volume goes up by twice, and it's just like, purr, 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 and he's, he's our fattest cat, and he's our fluffiest cat, which makes the petting even more fun, and he'll roll over on his back and let you pet his white belly, which... You know, it's, it's, very, uh, it's a very uh, rare thing to be able to do with a cat. Um, and the whole time, it, there's that, play that purr again. This one? Yeah, that his one. purr. <laughs> and he just has this look on his face like, 
this is this is what life is supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to do for me. This is my existence. This is why there, by the way, I think there should be more animals in schools, workplaces, nursing homes, hospitals, things like that. Well, Buck would certainly cut down on productivity wherever he was. Exactly. It's like a hole you fall into. You go past him and he asks for some petting. And God knows, I end up laying down next to him and then... You know, who knows? It's like, you know, there's lost time. It's like being abducted. It goes on forever, but I think it's good for you. Shall we move on to a sound that'll strike terror in Kelly's heart? Oh, no. Here we go. Ah! (laughs) It's our overly loud telephone. Cats don't like it either. Some people have that as a ringtone. I know. They have it as a ringtone on their cell phone. But that's a quaint and old-fashioned. It's kind of like the jalopy horn. (laughs) It's as as irrelevant as the jalopy horn ringtone. It is actually our phone. That is the Western Electric 500, which I'm very proud of having restored a uh, version of the Western Electric 500. We've had those for like whatever. How long have we had those? Forever. We had had them in San Diego? uh, uh, yes, I believe so. so and I had to fix it. Like maybe almost 20 years we've had yes, these phones. Yes, I've had that phone. That is actually a real bell. Yep. And you wouldn't mistake it if you were here. It's like it's like being in school or something. It ding, 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 ding. It's a real resonant bell. And Eric keeps it on the loudest setting because Eric's hearing isn't so good. And he also has, has um, the answering machine set to pick up after five full rings and to make screening calls very difficult because it's like a fire alarm is going off in here for five minutes. But I'm very proud of that Western Electric 500. I did a blog post about it a few years ago. It's a good example of a device that is made to be repaired because the phone company used to own them. And you open it up and the schematic for it is inside of the phone. It's made in a way that's very, very easy to repair. And it still works. That phone is older. I think it's older than I am. I won't say how old that is, but that's several decades. Well, there's two, actually. We have two phones, actually. One is a push-button phone. Which is is a sad necessity in today's life. But it's still actually less and less so. I found that yeah, most now they're things going to voice. voice recognition. So that's, that's because a weird of way. cell phones. Because people right. don't want to, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but the, the, the push button phone is still has a mechanical ringer in it though. It's an old push button phone and the Western just, electric 500 that we have is a dial phone, which I, I installed. That you should have that noise. Oh, that's right. We forgot the, the, the dialing sound. Right. It takes a long time to call somebody. It does take a long time to call and someone. And only people over a certain age even know what that feels like. The, the feel of, of moving the ring. And I, I know this seems like silly nostalgia and, the truth is, I think if we got rid of our landline, we'd probably save money and and just had a cell phone. I don't know. But you know what I like about the landline? Uh, there's many things I like about it, but the primary thing I like about it is quality. Like our sound quality is excellent. People are always calling us either on on cordless phones or their cell phones, and it's like, you, you cannot hear them. You can't understand them. They talk. They sound like they're in an echo chamber. They sound like they're calling from Antarctica. And I know when we're on our, our landline that like the that the audio equipment is solid. It is not on my end. It is not my problem. I am clear and loud, and I really like that. Also, it doesn't give you brain cancer if you get all if you want to get all, uh, 
you know, uh, conspiracy theory about it. I don't know. It's it feels good. I like. It's not. You can't like do dishes with the Western Electric Five Hundred because it's uh, yeah because <laughs> it a, weighs like ten pounds. Yes. <laughs> um, I do like you know big receivers that you you can put the receiver under your um, you know between your your ear and shoulder like the good old days, and I like that a lot. Um, I don't know. I like the Western. It's a great thing. It does lead to one problem, which is my next sample. The machine is on. Uh, 18 minutes to record. Now, I hate our answering machine. This is a landline, so please don't text and leave your phone number. Talk to you later. Uh, It's a new message. Yeah, you'll notice uh, you were talking a little bit over it, but I had to tell people on our answering machine, which is so primitive, that they can't text us because people try to text the Western Electric 500. And sometimes that actually kind of works. There's some something the phone company has where it reads messages to you that were text. But, you know, the truth, the, the truth is that the landline is becoming a problem and a liability because... Um, People will try to text it. They will also call me and then not leave their phone number, assuming they that, assume... that I have caller ID, which I don't. Mm-hmm. However, I'm I'm getting on. I'm going to get on my high horse here Yay! because I am old enough to remember before the interwebs. And lately, you know, the honest thing is, it's been taking an hour and a half to two hours a day to go through email. And I don't know about you, Kelly, but before email, I do not remember spending two hours a day on the phone. Maybe some people certainly did in certain jobs, but I don't remember doing that. It's it's hard to say because before the interwebs, we were in college. And so we were not, you know, functioning adults <laughs> with right. jobs and such. No, I don't. Oh, my parents didn't spend all that. I don't know. Still, don't know. lately, I've been appreciating if someone will just call me and we can quickly go over what needs to be done rather than me having to compose a you know couple paragraphs and write. And I, I think rather people just... see you have more trouble with email than I do. And I think it's because you and other people who have email troubles think are still stuck in this notion that you've got to write a proper letter or something. Right. It should just be like a one-line telegram. That's right? what I do. do I you don't... really? Do you, have you trained people? There's a, it should just be one sentence. Uh, yeah, I don't... Very blunt. I don't... I seriously... I mean, sometimes it's... I, mean, I have to remind myself to, you know, say, you know, to, to sign off in my name. Otherwise, I won't even sign it. I don't... I, I treat them like telegraph messages. And, and so I get... And I ignore things... I mean, you know, we get a lot of mail and a lot of it is unsolicited and I don't feel I don't feel obligated to write back to any unsolicited mail. I mean, you know, people who read the blog and stuff. Yes, but you know, we get all sorts of, you know, will you help me with my Kickstarter? Will you help me with this? Will you help me with that? And, and <laughs> I don't feel the need to answer all of that. There's just too much of it. There is there's a lot of junk mail. Truthfully. Well, there's junk. There's pure spammy junk mail, and then but then there's a lot of like, I ain't got this thing. <laughs> the people we should. It makes Kelly, it so easy. We, we, Kelly, I know people we don't know, right? People is, we don't there, know. There's a lot of really off top, off topic yeah. stuff that we get. That, yeah, you know, I mean, people and promoting I'll, lines of luxury chocolates and <laughs> things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I'll take a look at things that come in. I don't just delete everything automatically, but I'm just saying that I don't feel that I have. Uh, obligation to write a polite response to everybody who sends me something this is true i think these are people who would probably not call us to our face if if, if the internet didn't exist and say right. you know will you support my these are people luxury chocolate program machine gun approach yeah. to to publicity and just writing every single blogger 
that they can. Yeah. Let me play this sound for you. We are experiencing a high call volume. We apologize for the delay. To leave a message that will be returned, press 1. To continue to hold for the next available representative, please stay on the line. <laughs> That's Kaiser. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to make this stop. Yes, you guessed right. That is Kaiser's hold music, which if you listen to that carefully, it appears to be screwed up, which begs the question, This is, so is this a digital file or not, or is Kaiser still analog? <laughs> Does the digital get screwed up that way? It sounds just like a, like, kind of like a stretched tape. Speaking it sounds it it is a stretch tape actually. Or did and, they record? Did they digitize their stretch? Back in yes. the day, they had a tape, right? And then they digitized right. it, yes. and they didn't even bother to quality check it, and I, they digitized the stretch tape. Well, it gets uh. it's more complicated. Than that. I did a little research. I got obsessed with this because it was a day that I had to make uh, some appointments for my mom, and I ended up listening to that recording quite a bit. So I hit record because I got obsessed with it. And coincidentally, that day, I, 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 you know, I, I took her in for an appointment, and I was in this very, you know, new. It was a brand new office, and I looked, and there was one of those pneumatic tube things that sends <gasps> messages around the hospital. And they send lollipops around. Oh yeah, that's right. They probably do, don't they? They're but lollipop tubes. What was great is they had installed it. It was it was in a new part of the building, and they had installed the old pneumatic tube thing including a control system for it that obviously dated to the maybe early 80s with the kind of fake wood grain paneling <laughs> stuff and it was kind of wedged in this new new cabinetry it was amazing and that was the same day that i had heard this music and had this wait kind of wondering about you know because modern hospital is a high-tech wonderland with mri machines and things like that but it's also got this really kludgy old stuff that they just keep maintaining obviously but you know i I, so i did a little research on music on hold and i think what might be going on here is some kind of analog digital system i mean i think the it's actually digital but it probably still uses a cassette to record or something somehow Mm. that's my guess but i'm i'm really impressed by the the screwed up um (laughs) music at kaiser and uh this has been going on at least for a year now because i i every time i call i i make a mental note to listen to the the music that that oh horrible by the way that that is that is my least favorite kind of music i i have very um liberal musical tastes as kelly will attest to i'll listen to almost anything being a former having a degree in music actually surprisingly (laughs) enough but that soft jazz ooh, that's a rough one distorted soft jazz there's so many out of work musicians i wish kaiser would just have a live band which i think was a joke on portlandia but i thought that was a good joke that there's you know the dmv and portlandia had a live live musical band accompanying the on hold music but why doesn't things like that happen we could make that happen certainly you know but 
or or showcase some slightly better music than that somehow. But anyways, you, you know, talking about Kaiser's message system reminds me of our own message system, which we we got off uh, off topic on a bit. But I'm concerned. We ha- so we have an answering machine because we have the landline, which very few people have anymore. And which is um, a, a dying species. It's endangered. I, I think there's like, last time I looked on Amazon. Well, there just was, because I'm too cheap to pay for the phone company. Well, the phone company is outrageous. Service. It's it like, what, like expensive. $12 a month, $15 a it's month ridiculous. to have I mean, voicemail? This is why people just have cell phones. You know, but that's what that's what I'm saying. Is, right. It's a sad thing. I mean, cause I, do you remember how exciting it was to get an answering machine when you were a kid? Do you remember that? I don't like making how up, exciting it. oh, making making them, oh, up messages. Right. I remember used to be when they recordings first recordings of you outgoing, could, funny outgoing messages. Yes, everybody it was buy. like a thing, and you know the like whole family would get on the phone and go, you know, you know, it's Bill, it's Monica, it's Mike, you know, and we're not here, you know, or they would sing. So it was like a big deal. Of course, everybody, now we're expected. Rejoiced. Well, now we're expected to be accessible twenty four seven. With our cell phones. Don't yeah, and, it, going. and what's interesting, too, about the cell phone is that it's an individual uh, communication device. And that's something we didn't mention, which is when people call our landline, like they might think oh, they're, they're right. getting they get you or me. That. That's they right. don't understand that it's that like... Several people share the same that, line. Or two people and yeah, several cats share I, the I same I have to think that I have a commune here or something, <laughs> but it's not the case. Shh, don't talk about the commune. <laughs> <laughs> Moonchild, get back to the closet. Moonchild. <laughs> anyway, um, but that that wakes people out. So sometimes, you know, I feel so old school if I if I answer the phone and Eric, as Eric complains, I am the queen of the screen. But if I answer the phone and it's for Eric, I'll be like, oh yeah, Eric's not here. Can I take a message? And people just freak out. You know, especially the younger they are, the more they'll freak, and they they just start flabbergasted that you know who's answering Eric's phone? Why do I have to talk to you? <laughs> What do you mean? Leave a message, and, and so I feel like we're we're dinosaurs, sort of eking out the last of our days here uh, in in our primitive technology. But I like it. I like the answering machine. Well, I don't like our particular answering machine. It's it's really awful. But that's all that's left. It just it, the way it it functions. That's I too can boring barely to talk understand about. it. Yes. It's getting garbled, and it it, it insists on. Beeping when there's a message, it won't. You can't make it quiet and just let the message sit on there. You have to play everything back before it's satisfied. I I hate it in those ways. The one thing I do like about it is this: is this is what happens when you hit the off button on the answering machine. The machine is off. <laughs> the machine is off. The machine I love that. is off. I wish that was the case in a more general yes. sense around here. Sometimes, yes, the machine is off. The machine is off. So yeah, but the, it's, we're. I think they're. Well, they're also talking about taking away the copper, right? The copper wiring. So we uh, we might not Eventually be able to use will, our phone yeah. anymore at a certain point anyway. But I don't know what will happen. I mean, people are getting increasingly annoyed with us for not having, uh, you know, not being having text or 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 uh, or being number available recognition 24/7. or being available. Um, people don't like that people are confused by the lack of like immediacy and uh privacy of a, of an individual phone um uh, but when that answering machine dies you know we can dig around i'm sure we'll still be able to find them in thrift stores and stuff for a little while but well, maybe i think we'll the be death of get... the answering machine will be the death of our landline maybe we can pick up kaiser's on hold system uh, <laughs> as a surplus item <laughs> complete with the music 
<laughs> that would be fantastic. Wouldn't that be fantastic? <laughs> While we're on our high horse, maybe uh, we should listen to what I like to call the sound of gardening in our neighborhood. <laughs> Favorite noises. The sound of gardening in LA. <laughs> and I love our neighbors, but they have a cabal where they all, um, where the, the garden gardeners come on Mondays mornings, and they're, so they're working several houses on Mondays, and so you hear this for hours. This is the sound, particularly the leaf blower sound. I actually took this off the sound effects website, but it's kind of a universal sound, I think. It's a sad thing. We, we did an episode about this a while back with mm -hmm. Emily Green. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the things we talked about is if you go to a nursery in, in L.A., uh, sadly, uh, some of them actually devote, I think, more space to internal combustion maintenance than they do to actually plants. <laughs> You mean like, and you're talking about like a professional nursery, not yeah. like a, a neighborhood nursery that well, has actually, the no, petunia you know, flats. I hate to break this to you, Kelly. You go, we don't, because we only go to one or two nurseries yeah. here. But if you go to the average nursery here, it's going to be mostly uh, this stuff. Well, what about we, like, we put, you mean like... Make that up in the mix there. <laughs> big box gardening sectors? No, not, I'm not talking about the big box stores. I'm talking about your just nursery, your neighborhood nursery. Really? Yes. You have, so I've, our nurseries are special that we go to. Yes. I'm in a protected bubble. You are in a protected bubble. Because so I've been to Sunset Nursery. Well, with you, when we we're looking for mostly. specialty items, we've gone to those professional stores where the right. grounds. Those places go. are all. Those are all, all machinery stuff. stuff. Yep, but they're machinery. obviously not for the homeowner. They've got like lots right. of tools and equipment. Right. <laughs> There's cats galloping in the background and scratching things. All right. We heard enough leaf oh, blowers. Oh, gosh, that noise. All right. People, give it up. Give I'll up the that, lawns. I'll fade that one out. Give All up right. your lawns. Yeah, we need to change that paradigm. That paradigm is so over. Good thing is I think that paradigm is beginning to shift. Well, Mother Nature is killing that paradigm because I, I don't know. You know, we've got one year of water left in the reservoir. I mean, mm. I'm not saying that we only have one year of yeah, water total, but there. it's one year of water right. in storage. Right. When you're, you know, um, they, well, we have other water sources, but I'm just saying things are very, very grim here. And the last thing we need to do is be pouring water on turf and then using fossil fuels to trim the unneeded overwatered turf. It's unfortunate. But like I said, I think there's some That's there's some the high changes. horse. Whee! But I, we need to report on the good things that are happening. And we, I think we will in the coming weeks. There's some movements afoot. <laughs> here to uh, shift uh, shift the paradigm a bit. You actually went on a really nice native plant gardening tour recently, and we mm -hmm. need to uh, we need to put some of those photos up. There's one house in particular that you showed me. I really like yeah. what they were doing there, and it was a. I'm sure there's some maintenance that goes on at that house, but it's not uh, not a lot of leaf blowing. No, in fact, probably no leaf blowing and no lawn mowing or things no, like that, no. or no shaping. Shrubs yeah. into balls. Yeah, that's the thing. If you plant the right plant in the right place, you don't have to trim it. Yeah, there's there's less maintenance to be done. There's never no maintenance, but certainly not that uh, mm -hmm. mechanical type of maintenance. Why don't we move on to something happier? Let's let's go into the kitchen for a moment here. Mm. And I'll play you some sounds of the kitchen. We have some distinct noises in our kitchen. 
That's the you recognize that sound. That that's the squeaking of the flick flock. That is the flick flock. We blogged about the flick flock. The flick flock is a grain. What is it actually? A it's grain a flaker. Squisher. No, it's a flaker. <laughs> It's a very, uh, you know, I hate to admit how much it was, but, you know, I, I don't, I didn't get myself a jet ski in my middle age. So you got I yourself a flick-flock. got flock. myself a flick-flock. <laughs> it's a grain flaker with which you can make fresh muesli every morning with which, oats, whole oats. Which is what I hear if I, if I lay in bed after Eric gets up, I hear this like squeak 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 while he, while he squishes his oats <laughs> for his morning cereal. <laughs> And uh, let me tell you, it's deli- I I I really like that flick flock thing. It's it's really it's it took me away from the grape nuts addiction that I that which I was had a and deep and heavy addiction. I am like glad crack cocaine. I am glad that we have given up the grape nuts. Now it's all about the flick flock, the Como flick flock. <laughs> Speaking of Como, there's another oh, sound this here the for big you. Bro- the flick flock's big brother. That is the sound of bread being made. Uh, actually, it's the sound of grain being ground. But for me, to make bread. For me, it means bread is on the way. That's all it means to me because I am not the baker. That's the Como. Oh, he's going to make bread. That's the Como mill. No, I'm not making any. Uh, we don't get paid by Como here to to, to to say these nice things. But it is a nice company. It's a German Austrian company, uh, solar powered, employs. Uh, developmentally disabled worker. It's a very nice company. And the mills, if you're interested in grinding your own flowers, uh, I did a fair amount of research on it, and, and this is uh, the mill that, that I ended up with and been very happy with. It's electric, act- not hand-cranked. Uh, some people want a hand-cranked, but I think you're in for a lot of work if you yeah. do that. So the- if you really want to... You know, if you're not looking at the apocalypse and you do want to bake regularly, using some power is probably a good idea. It's definitely the way to go. And actually, I'm it's writing It's pretty, a, too, I got to say. It's a very attractive It device. is a very attractive little machine. It's it's noisy, but again, it's, it's only bad. for a couple of minutes. Yeah, it takes like, yeah, it just takes it maybe two minutes to for you to get enough flour for a loaf. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I'm working on a... thinking of writing an ebook about... Grinding your own flour and making bread because it's a it's a very different process than working with supermarket flour, as I've discovered. Mm-hmm. And there's quite a bit of troubleshooting that you have to do, and it's kind of more about troubleshooting than following a recipe. And that's kind of the way I'm approaching this little book I'm working on. Mm. So look forward to that little book promo. <laughs> after Kelly actually is holding me to a deadline on that, mm. so hopefully we'll get that done. Another sound in the kitchen. I didn't get a really good recording of this, but here it goes. Another squeaking. That sound comes usually with a very, very powerful odor. It's hard for me to hear that sound and not smell the smell that comes along with it. We need a scratch and sniff edition of the podcast. (laughs) That's That's uh, the sound of coffee being roasted in a whirly pop popper, which is a stovetop manual popcorn popper. 
And yes, I think the smell is really amazing of roasted coffee. Kelly has sworn off coffee several years ago due to headache issues. And my heart going boom, 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 boom. Right. <laughs> I so love coffee. So she has coffee. to smell the Yeah, it's, it's, it's a kind coffees. of torture cool. that like once a week I smell this chocolatey roasting, oh God, <laughs> smell and I can't have any of it. It takes about nine, ten minutes to roast the coffee on the stove. It's very easy to do. I'm actually going to have Daniel, who taught me how to roast coffee. We're going to have him on the podcast because he has an awesome new kind of online book on cabin living that he's he's done. So we're going to have him on to talk about coffee roasting and sharpening axes and things mm-hmm. like that. Because he's a handy young gentleman. He is. So we'll have him on to talk about that. But uh, I can't say enough good things about uh, coffee, home coffee roasting. I'm not sure why it's not more prevalent. It, it's a great way be, to to have fresh coffee because, of course, the green beans last a long time on the countertop. But roasted coffee, once it's roasted, it, it goes bad pretty quickly. Yeah, it loses you, its flavor. You got like a week or... Yeah. So, so why really? not why not roast it yourself? It's really, again, the Whirly Pop Poppers... A, a cheap item. It's, we found a backup one. At, 25. Actually, yeah, I found one in a thrift store. Yeah, we bought one for like, they're like 20 bucks, but then we were in a thrift store and we saw one. We grabbed it for when, you know, this one dies. Which this like one has not bucks. died. It's done. It's I've made, it's it now really flimsy, but at it, least two years. But it, it's holding up. And we get the beans from Sweet Maria's in Oakland mail order, and it's it's a good deal. It's, it's the same price as supermarket coffee but much higher quality coffee from single farms and sustainably harvested and uh, fair trade coffee is very 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 good stuff those are the noises of breakfast the noises of breakfast you know yeah. one thing i didn't have was uh the sound of police helicopters that would have been the last uh, <laughs> thing to have there's probably other sounds i forgot me snoring oh yeah actually there is kelly <laughs> snoring but I was hoping to capture that no. when the trout was bothering me in the oh, morning, good. but I didn't. Uh, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have done that. No, yeah, I would I not have done know. that. <laughs> but yeah, the helicopters are very, uh, very much part of our life. Okay, well, that's that's all I have for Isn't sounds it? this week. I'm trying to think of any other noises that we have not covered. There's many other things, I'm sure. We'll have to do another There's edition the pathetic, of this. There's the pathetic meow of Buck. I did not get the I need to be fed meow. It's funny. Our cats aren't meowers. They've not figured it out. Um, so Phoebe and Trout don't meow at all. Um, but Buck has one pathetic, tiny... He's, it's funny because he's the biggest cat, like I said. And But when it's, when, he, when it's almost feeding time and he's absolutely desperate, he goes, meow, like a tiny kitten. That's really cute. There's the sound of the cats um, recirculating water bowl because, you know, they're very precious cats and they have a recirculating water bowl. But there's this constant um, like new age spa sound in our living room, which is the sound of the of the water gurgling in the background. That's pretty, pretty uh, typical. Indeed. Hmm. Well, that's it. Um, One thing I wanted to note was that I had asked people to leave messages on our uh, listener question line. And I realized that the outgoing message was the wrong message. So people, I think, were calling and then hanging up because it didn't it didn't say you were calling Root Simple. So if you wanted to leave a question for us, and we'd love to hear from you on the podcast, uh, either a comment or a question that we could answer, 
uh, please call us at 213-537-2591 or send us an email at rootsimple at gmail.com. And we have got um, you know, uh, questions from people, and we've not answered all oh, of them. Oh, we did. There were some by email? There's been some, I mean, over the last few months. I don't mean like right Recently, okay, I but, apologize for that. You know, but you... we've had some, but yeah, if we've not, you know, we, we'll try to work them into, um, you know, show themes or whatever. We won't necessarily be able to answer them right away, but we, we do get these things. Okay, I apologize them. for that. We'll get to that. Anyways, uh, we are Root Simple on Twitter. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment for us in the iTunes store. We're also available on Stitcher. And you can support the Root Simple podcast by buying a copy of one of our books through the Amazon links on our website. Our theme music is by Dr. Frankenstein. Thank you for listening. Bye, y'all. The machine is off. The machine is off.